2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Y'all, it's a, such a blessing to be a child of God. It really is. It, it requires a lot of responsibility. But it's such a blessing. Verse 1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, when commanded the light to shine out of darkness, I'm sorry, for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Guys, I want you to hear this word today. Today I'm talking to the brokenhearted, talking to the those that are wore out, those that are beat down by the world. That's who I'm talking to today. But even those of you that may feel like you're not, I guarantee you, you can hear this word today and still be encouraged more. You see, what this word tells us today is that we have a blessed appointment. See, you need to know who you are. I'm a child of God. I have something in me that other people may not. That one verse says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The earthen vessels are you and me. These just weak and pathetic excuses. We call our bodies. But as child as a child of God, we have a treasure within us. You see, normally a treasure is displayed. It's kept in a, a place of honor or a place of security. You know, you want to show off something that's of great value. You want people to see it, right? You go to museums and you see these magnificent jewels that are huge, 
in this, in this glass, right? You know what? They leave it where you can see it. Right? They want people to admire it because it's of such great value. But you know the thing they put it in is never more beautiful than what the treasure is. Because that would be foolish. Nobody comes to see the container. Right? Nobody comes to look at it. What a, a wonderful workmanship the container of the treasure is. The treasure is where all of the attention should be pointed. That's why they put those lights on it to make it shine, right? So as children of God, we have a treasure within us. God didn't make us anything special because as far as the way we look, because then we might receive all of the praise, right? You see, it doesn't matter how beautiful you are. I know, I'm, I'm up there, and I don't want to revel in that though. Okay? It doesn't matter how beautiful you are. That treasure, if you are a child of God, the treasure within you is much greater. Right? Okay, so what I'm here today to tell you is that you may be feeling down on yourself. You may be feeling like, I, I'm not, I'm nothing. And you know what? That's okay, it doesn't matter. It's not you anyway that needs to be receiving the glory. Okay? But if you're a child of God, you have something in you that is of value, that's of great worth, that others need to see. Okay? Let's look back at a couple of these verses. I want to point out some things to you. First of all, we see in the first couple of verses, he says, seeing we have this ministry. I want you to understand that that we is all-inclusive. Includes all of us. And this ministry he's talking about is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 2, he says, we've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Walk and not walking in craftiness. Okay? I want you to understand, and I know a lot of you do, you've seen it. There are things people can do, things people can say. There are methods people can use to tug at your heartstrings, to invoke an emotion in you. Go watch a magic act. See if it doesn't change the way you feel. But that doesn't make what they're doing any more true. It's an illusion. It's fake. No matter how much you want to believe, no matter how warm and fuzzy you feel inside when you see that rabbit come out of that hat, i got news for you. It was a trick that got him in there. It wasn't real. And we can see the same thing in sermons. We can see the same thing in churches. We can see that there is a potential there for dishonesty and deception. But I want you to understand something. That's not what we're about. And on an individual basis, that shouldn't be what we're about. 
What we need to be about is the true things that lie within us because, see, those true things don't require any propping up. Those true things don't need me to put on a show to make them better than they are. They're good enough on their own. If I will just stick to those things, everything will be okay. So we all have this ministry to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Y'all, I, just, I, want, I want you to hear what I'm saying right now. Because this is something, I'm not trying to convict you and bring you down today. I'm, I'm trying to drive a point home, okay? Because a lot of times we overlook this calling that God has given us and there is a great purpose in it. You see, He says there, if we hide this treasure, no one will see it. Yet that's the very thing they need. That's the very answer to their problem. How many of y'all remember what it was like before you found Jesus? And all of a sudden, you received Jesus into your heart. You're saved and your eyes are opened. You realize all of a sudden really how bad off you were. But you're saved. (laughs) What a relief. So that's our, our mission in this life as a child of God is to show this treasure to people. Verse 3 says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, the very ones that need it. Why don't we preach? Why don't we share? Most of us don't feel like we're capable. Most of us don't feel like we're able. We don't have anything good to tell nobody. We're fooling ourselves. You don't have anything good to tell somebody? Think about this for a minute, guys. Do you really not have anything good to tell somebody? You see, I know somebody. It's a treasure. Y'all, I'm telling you right now, My salvation, the grace that God poured out on me and saved me is a treasure. And I should just be ready at the drop of a hat to tell somebody about Jesus. That's how important it is. You know, it really is that important. It really is. It's a life or death choice that we make for other people every day. How many of us want to be executioners? Nobody. You know, that's why in the old days those guys would wear black masks. They didn't want to be known as the executioner. You know, today when they do lethal injection, my understanding is that there's, there's actually three people that push buttons and nobody knows which one was the real one. Because nobody wants to be the guy, right? It's may, it may be something that needs to be done, but nobody wants to do that. But yet, what we do on a daily basis sometimes is withhold the answer for life for people all around us. We're sentencing them to death. 
we might as well be the one pushing the button because we've hidden the treasure that we have within us. Why would we want to keep it secret? Did Jesus not do a mighty work in you? He did a mighty work in me. Is this something I'm embarrassed about? If I'm embarrassed about it, why did I want Him to do it? I don't know about y'all, but that was a free and willful decision I made. I chose Jesus. I chose an alternative to where I was going, right? I knew at at some point I came to the realization that I need a Savior. And I said, I'll choose Jesus. Why would I go back and be ashamed of that later on? I have been from time to time. I'll tell y'all the truth. Not anymore, no. (laughs) I got past that a long time ago, thank God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, the Bible tells us this. It's the power of God, right? That is the very power of salvation right now is the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the thing that brings about a change in me. And I guarantee you, when you stop and remember what it was like that day that you said yes to Jesus, you will know that you were glad somebody preached Him to you. Right? I am so glad that man stood up there and preached that day. Because I might not have had a chance after that. I don't know. But I know that day God was working. And I responded. Now, what do you do with this knowledge? Well, it's real easy, y'all, to leave out of here all fired up. And then come tomorrow morning, the first barrage of attacks hits. And you forget what we were just talking about. We go back to the defaults. Right? But if we read on down a little further in this chapter, near the end there, we see what the real life of a Christian is. You see, it's not all roses and and, uh, nice smelling things and and chocolate chip cookies, cooking. It's not all that stuff, is it? All those things are wonderful. But that's not what the real life of a Christian is. Jesus Himself told us, you will have trials and tribulations. He said, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Okay, so we look at verse 8 right there. It says, we are. Troubled on every side, yet we're not distressed. We are perplexed. Sometimes we don't know the right way to go, but we're not in despair. See, somebody that's in despair doesn't have hope of anything changing. That's not the walk of a Christian. Persecuted from time to time, not near as much as others, right? Thank God we're not persecuted like some, may be coming any day, not trying to scare nobody, but be prepared. Persecuted, but not forsaken. I guarantee you if you go over into China and you find some of those Christians that have been jailed for their belief, 
or in Iran or any place like that where you're not free to just go talk about Jesus. Those people won't renounce His name. They know God has not left them. We may be persecuted, but we're not forsaken. Cast down. Y'all ever get knocked down in life? Time after time after time, right? What does it say there? Not destroyed. That means I can get up again. I can keep fighting. I'm not, you didn't take my feet out from under me for long, right? That's the quickest way to take somebody down, you know that? Hit them in the legs. If they can't stand up, you can win, you can win them. So we might get knocked down, but we're not destroyed, y'all. We're not destroyed. Listen, y'all hear me today, Christians? I'm not up here just saying this stuff because it sounds good. It does sound good, but there's a whole lot more meat to it than that. I want you to understand that because the, the battle may not go in your favor from time to time. Some of you may be sitting here saying it never goes in my favor. Okay? But we're not talking about little battles here today. What we're talking about is the end of the war. Because the battle does not matter. That's not my victory, okay? My victory is not centered on one little battle. My victory is in the whole war. And my God has already won that war. Do you hear me, Christians? You hear me, children of God, the war is over. The war's already been won. He already has the victory. Do y'all know after any war, there are still little skirmishes that go on for a long time after that? Do you know that even the winning side sometimes loses those little skirmishes? Even though the war's already won, you know, they're probably hollering at the other guys, hey, don't y'all know we beat you? <laughs> Doesn't matter, we're still fighting. Right? That's where we're at right now. I want you to hear me today because we get confused a lot of times waiting on our victory to come. And the victory's already been won, you hear me? We're just in the aftermath. There's still some battles that take place. But our enemy already has received word that he is defeated. Do you hear me, church? The, the battle is over. So you may be saying to yourself that the enemy is attacking me and I'm so tired of getting beat down. I'm so tired of the persecution and the destruction that I see in my life. But what God wants to tell you today is stand up, child of God, because the victory has been won when Jesus died on the cross. 2,000 years ago, it was already finished. Now you say, well, that's a long time for aftermath of a, of a battle. Well, don't really mean much to God. Time's only important to us because we're here in the middle of it. God's already got the victory, y'all. You say, well, that's great. But... I still got problems. Do you really? 
See, all of us face problems. We all have trouble we have to deal with. That's this little thing called life, right? I'm not trying to tell anybody today just man up and deal with it. That ain't what I'm here about. It's just a fact of life. Yeah, we got trouble. But you know what? God's not only promised but preordained something better for us. Okay? So what I want to do today is not only encourage you, but I want to restore some hope in you. Because my hope is not in my job. Listen, church. My hope is not in another man. My hope is not in my family, not in my school, not in my government, as we all can see would be a very bad place to place your hope. My hope is not in somebody coming along that rises up to try to make a difference in this world. My hope is not in a medical cure. My hope is not placed in my guns and ammunition. My hope is not in technology improving the way of life that we have. My hope is in something so much greater, so much more um, so much more reliable, so much more faithful. My hope is in God. My hope is in His Word. You see, His Word has never failed me. He has never failed me one time in any of His promises. His promises have always been true and they always will be. He never goes back on His Word. He never tries to, tries to make somehow uh, something come against me that He's already said He wasn't going to. Okay? So I, I truly trust and stand on His Word when I get into a time of trouble. Right? How do I do that? Well, first of all, child of God, you better know His Word. You know, there have been times in my life when I didn't have a Bible handy. I didn't have a way to call a friend to remind me of something. I had to just dig deep within my heart and find some scriptures that I might could remember. And I want y'all to understand, you don't have to remember a scripture that applies to your situation. Just stand on the Word of God. Okay? Bring His Word into a situation, you'll begin to see change in it. I guarantee it. But His Word tells me some wonderful things about who I am. What kind of place He's put me in. What kind of outlook I should have on this world. You see, sometimes we just need to take ourselves out of the situation for a moment. Examine it from a different point of view. And, you know, I really like to examine my situation from God's point of view. What does He think about where I'm at right now? Does He see this time of trouble as serious as I do? God is so concerned about us, y'all. Listen, don't think He doesn't understand what you're going through. But I want to read something to you today. Because I have a feeling there are people here today. Some I know for sure, but others I have a feeling they're probably here also that just I don't know about. That you, you feel kind of down. You feel kind of 
down not only just in your spirit, but you feel like maybe you're, you're just not what you want to be. And you feel down on yourself. You feel like you've let other people down. Like you're just a miserable failure. Okay? So let me share something with you today that God tells His people. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 13. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. Okay, so there is a place that we can go as a Christian, a place of blessing. You know, this is a lesson I had to learn myself. I can get myself out of that place of blessing pretty easy. Okay? There are some requirements to receive the blessings of God. There are. Do you know that they don't just come? There's actually a, a, a step, an order to these things that we can uh, work out and, and understand about our life that we can get into a place that God can bless us. Do you know that you can get yourself in a place where God just can't bless you? So the word we just read says that He'll make us the head and not the tail. What does that mean? Let's put it in words that today that a normal person can understand. Above only and not beneath. It means it's not talking about my, my position in life as far as my, my status or my title. It's not talking about that. But what it does say is that, that I'm favored. It says, I am a chosen one of God. I'm favored. And because of that, if I will adhere to His commandments and do them, not just be a hearer, but a doer. You hear me? That I enter into a place where He will begin to pour blessings out upon my life. He raises me up and doesn't put me beneath. He makes me actually have an important position in life and not putting down below everybody where I'm beat up and beat down. You see, it's something special to be in God's favor. Oh man, that's to be prized right there, y'all. That is a treasure to just hang on to with everything you've got. When God begins to show blessing and favor in your life, you better take note of what you did to get here. Okay? Does that mean that trouble's not still going to come? Y'all, I am highly blessed and highly favored. I still got problems that show up. Okay? This isn't some kind of insulation from the world I'm talking about. I'm not talking about uh, some kind of special armored capsule that I'm going to enter into where nothing in this world can impact me, because it does. But I'm still... Highly blessed and highly favored of God. Okay? And all it takes is for me to stop doing what God's told me to do. To get out of that. And some of you may say, well that seems kind of cruel. Well I look, I didn't say God stopped loving me. But I, if, if I begin to sin, if I turn my back on God and go a different direction... 
God's not going to bless that. I see people all the time that are obviously living in a sinful situation, no matter what it may be, and they wonder why the blessings of God are not on their life. Y'all, I'm not here to convict you today. I'm not doing that. I'm trying to encourage you because I know there's plenty of you sitting here today that are highly blessed and favored, but you're not acknowledging the fact that God has His hands on your life. Don't cut Him short. And maybe you are in that situation where you're not doing the things you ought to do. You know what it takes? Just fall in line with what God wants you to do. You get into that place where now He can bless you. You see, the the wonderful thing about Him not blessing me when I'm not blessable is it tells me something about my God. It tells me He is full of truth. He is not a deceiver. He is faithful to keep His Word. And that's not all that great of a feeling when you're on the bad side of it, right? But when you're on the good side and trouble comes, you say, I remember God kept His Word even when I didn't. He's just. He's righteous. He's not going to bless and pour out blessings on somebody that's at odds against Him like that. He'll be going against His Word. So where are you at right now? Y'all been on both sides of the fence. I've even rode the middle of the fence. And I know there's one side that's definitely better than the other. You know that old saying says the the grass is always greener on the other side. That's full of bull. Okay, because there is a side that's always greener. It's His side. I know that sounds cliche. It's the truth though. This isn't one of those things where you, you see it looks great over there, then when you get there you look back. No. I'm telling you right now, if you look at it through the eyes of God and I look back at my life, I guarantee you God has done a wonderful work in my life and I don't want to go over there again. I don't want to cross that fence thinking it's great over there. And I guarantee nobody sitting here today that understands what I'm saying does either. You recognize that there is a a wonderful thing about being blessed by God. Being in possession of that. So you may be saying to yourself right now that, yeah, I'm feeling kind of down. Be of good heart. Be of good cheer. You say, well, it's hard to be joyful right now. Well, you know what? You're talking about something different than what I'm talking about. You're talking about happiness. God did not come to promise you happiness. Happiness comes and goes like the vapor on steam, on boiling water. It just it comes and goes. But joy is something that even when I'm heartbroken, even when I'm tore up about something in my life, whether it be a death or just some problem I'm going through, whatever it is, I can hang on to my joy knowing who I am in Jesus Christ. 